Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here with a couple of special guests today. We're going to bring them in one after the other on today's show to wrap up the week that is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Just visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So, the Bucks and the Blazers, 9 p.m. Central Time, Friday nights. Uh, we're going to get into it with Mike Richmond of Locked On Blazers. He's going to join me first up in just a minute here. But then also, the Bucks did make the signing of veteran point guard Jeff Teague official uh, with the Celtics for most of the season, traded to the Orlando Magic, then bought out. Uh, The Bucks have officially picked up Teague, who we had discussed this and it was uh, reported there. But we've got John Corrales from Locked On Celtics to give us a bit of a closer report of what he was able to do or perhaps not able to do with the Boston Celtics this year. So that's going to be a whole lot of fun. Before I bring in Mike, I do want to talk about Sport Trade. Have you guys heard about Sport Trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. Uh, This is amazing because Sport Trade takes fantasy to the next level. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players, just like real stocks. A fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports. Making money with Sport Trade is simple as player values rise and fall based on two factors. One, the statistical performance in each game compared to their projected fantasy points in that game. The more points scored, the higher their value goes. Two, good old supply and demand, baby. The more demand the player has, the higher their value goes. When you're ready to buy shares, pick that penny stock in a rookie with huge upside or grab the blue chip vet who's always a solid performer. Simply go to sporttrade.com, watch the How It Works video, and then sign up to get started. Sign up today at sporttrade. That's S-P-O-R-T-T-R-A-D-E.com and discover the fun and exciting and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly evolution of fantasy sports. You'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sporttrade.com and then head over to rockauto.com, our show sponsor for today, the family business that's been serving auto parts customers for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's For your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks. Best of all, and this is what I love about it, at rockauto.com, the prices are always low, the same for me as they would be for your professionals. So if you're just a, uh, a, let's say, a, a novice car mechanic, you can still find the parts that you need for the prices that you want. Just go to rockauto.com and see all those parts that are available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. That's locked on in the how did you hear about us box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski 
also of Locked On Packers, updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Joining me now from Locked On Blazers is Mike Richman. We are a few hours away here, as you're probably listening to this, from the Bucks and the Blazers, 9 p.m. Central tip on a Friday night for those living in Milwaukee. I think these matchups with the Blazers are always ones that we look forward to because they generally are pretty entertaining matchups. But, Mike, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us. Pretty good. I, I, I keep recalling like two years ago when the Blazers lost by 43 in Milwaukee. I think that game is stuck in my head. So I'm like, yeah, I guess they're fun if you're a Bucks fan. Like, <laughs> I will, pretty I will fun. say this. I'll say this. I, a couple of seasons ago, obviously I'm back in Australia now, but a couple of seasons ago I did make the trip out to Portland and – I will say this. First of all, I had an absolute blast in the city for we had a full day and I just walked around. It was actually a sunny day. It was fantastic. But I don't know if you remember this game, but this was the game where CJ McCollum, I, I think, dropped 40. He also dropped Dante DiVincenzo in that game. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that highlight lives on for sure. That <laughs> highlight lives on in Blazer lore. So as far as the Blazers go this season... As they always are, they're right in the mix. 29 and 18 right now. And, and as I look at the standings, they're only half a game behind the Lakers. And I think every, everyone around the league is watching the Lakers and they're sort of free fall without LeBron and AD. But what, what's the feeling uh, among you guys and Blazers fans that are watching this team? Is it, is it desperation trying to get into that home court seating right now? You know, um, there is sort of this mix of, of hopefulness, uh, adding Norman Powell, getting CJ McCollum and Yusuf Nurkic back in the last 10 days um, has really sort of recharged a fan base that was kind of down on this team. But there is, the Blazers are 28th in defensive rating. Like they suck on defense. They can't stop anyone. And so I think there's this sort of like um, doom, sky is falling I don't know, uh, surrounding the team where it's like, well, it doesn't matter because they're so bad on defense. It doesn't matter. Um, but I think, I think there is as any time in the year, there is, there is more hope about what this team can be. Um, obviously, uh, as the Lakers continue to trot out a bad basketball team, that's really helpful. But yeah, I think, um, I, I think in general, as at, at this exact moment that you've caught me before they start to play a really good team on Friday, this is as hopeful as the Blazers have been. It's interesting that you mentioned about leaning right into the offense because I think as they have been for the last few years, and I think a big part of this is the injuries that you guys have, have just consistently had, but there was a, a theory out there or some suggestions that they should try and lean into getting a defensive big and instead they get Norman Powell, another scorer who has started and his, his debut was obviously fantastic with you guys. And, and I don't know if you know this, but he is perhaps the biggest buck killer of all time. So the yeah, fact that a we legend. Can play you guys tomorrow uh, tonight is going to be uh, interesting to see how he plays. But was was that the general feel that look? I, I don't think that we can acquire someone that's actually going to move the needle defensively. So that's just score the shit out of the ball and see if we can get 130 a night and win ball games. Yeah, I mean the team is really committed to Yusuf Nurkic and Anis Cantor. Nurk is a pretty good defensive player. Um, he's, I mean, he's just. He's big and big guys always have limitations. Uh, see Brooke Lopez, an elite defensive player, but with some real limitations. Um, and it's Kedger, not a very good defensive player, but he's really, he's good enough on offense. They're super committed to him. They're committed to playing Carmelo Anthony a bunch of minutes. So <laughs> they chasing down a good defensive forward wasn't really 
wasn't an easy one needle to thread because they're not going to play. Also, like every team in the league wants good defensive wings, except for Milwaukee, who gave away Torrey Craig for free. <laughs> um, but like he would have been a good blazer. Um, they, uh, I think Norman Powell's like just sort of like looking at it like two K styles. Like this is the best player we can get. So, like for what we have, this is the best. This is the best basketball player we can get. I mean, maybe you could argue that Aaron Gordon is way better and a better fit. I might do that, but um, I think they said Gary Trent Jr. is not much of a defensive player. Rodney Hood's probably not an NBA player right now. For that price, this is a pretty serious upgrade on the wing, and it offers some more downhill scoring, some more individual offense that they just didn't have outside of Damon CJ. And yeah, why not? Like if you're going to be a good offensive team, you might as well be great, right? How have the Blazers fans lent into the the mallow? Should I? I don't even know if I want to call it the mallow era. The mallow era is he is he popular among the fan base? Because I know it's been such a nostalgia hit for everyone else, including me. Watching him play is is enjoyable. I enjoy it. I enjoy seeing him score. But how does the fan base feel about him? I think most people like him because he's like he's he's actually better this year than he was last year, which is. Uh, maybe to be believed because he had 10 months off and now he kind of hit the ground running. But since February, he's like an efficient offensive player. Um, th- that's hard to that's hard to believe because he's never been that, <laughs> even when he's one of the 10 best scorers in the history of the NBA. Um, but he's he's like his true shooting percentage is above league average. Like he's a good he's a good offensive player. He's kind of a black hole, so some people get frustrated with him. But I think in general, people like Melo. Um, off the court, like as a human, as like someone who covers the team, I love the mellow experience. Okay. He answers questions honestly. He's cool as shit. You're talking to a legend. Like <laughs> um, I have, I have really enjoyed just like interviewing and talking to him. Um, and I think fans, for the most part, like him. So I want to wrap this up with uh, Drew Holiday eventually. But before I get to that, another just interest point of mine is the Marcus Aldridge. Was there genuine? A desire from the fan base to to bring him back was is there is there bad blood with the way that it left how has that sort of dissipated over the years you know it, for the first three years he was gone he got booed every time he touched yeah. the ball in portland and then last year it was like some there was a story written about how kind of him and dame mended the fences by my my friend and colleague jason quick of the athletic and i think the fan base kind of was like all right, he's cool. <laughs> like he, he's no, he's cool actually. And so, like last year when he came, this was just before um, the hiatus or whatever. He came and he got cheered. And I and I, I talked to him after the game, wrote a story about it, and he was and they were just like, he was like, yeah, that's that's a new one for me. So I think I think the fan base warmed up to him and was like kind of bummed and felt a little hurt that he didn't come back. Um, we had to, I had a little, you know, sort of therapy session about why, why an adult of his age may choose to, to play for the Brooklyn Nets and not the Portland Trailblazers. But, um, but yeah, I think in general fans were like, we're hyped on him. Yeah, that does make sense. I, I do remember, you know, when, when he first left, yeah, it was, um, there was some bad blood there, but I think, the one thing I'll say with Milwaukee and Portland, I think there is some connection there. You guys with Lillard, us obviously with, with Giannis signing this offseason and, and having a superstar player that's willing to stay with the team long-term is, is a cool thing. So I think, yeah, I think both fan bases, particularly the Blazers with the injuries you guys have had, there's, there's reason for a little bit of scarring there. But I want to finish this up with Drew Holiday. And, and the reason is... and. Again, not to bring up any bad memories, but the the funny thing is, and the crazy thing about Drew Holiday is the fact that when everyone talks about the fact that he's underrated and everyone says this to the point where it's kind of confusing to know how or why he is as underrated as he is when everyone says, you hear all the players. He's accurately accurately rated as good. 
I, I don't know. That, and that's, that's the thing that confuses me. But the one the question we don't have an answer to is how he's going to play in the playoffs because there's literally only one series that everyone can point to and say, yeah, Drew Holiday is a baller in the postseason. And it was a series against the Blazers a, a few years ago. So as a, as a guy that's covered the Blazers for multiple years and certainly seen more of Drew Holiday than we have out in the Eastern Conference, what is, what is the view of Drew Holiday from your point of view or from the Blazers' point of view and the job that he's done on Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum over the years? So I think Dame has a tremendous amount of respect for, for Drew, um, even before he kind of took his lunch money in that uh, Pelicans series. Um, Drew Holiday is of the Kyle Lowry world where he is not a better basketball player than Damian Lillard, but he always just seems to whoop his ass when they play. <laughs> um, that, is, that is just not a good matchup. Um, so I think there's a tremendous amount of respect from on Dame's side for what for what Drew can do, um, and I I like I, I don't think there's there's sort of like I think that Pelican series opened up the Blazers' eyes to sort of their vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they've addressed all those things, but that was the beginning of them being like, okay, like we there is a certain type of players that can take us out. We've got to do these different things. And I think that was the beginning. So maybe like a catalyst for them saying, here are some tweaks we need to make to get a little bit better. I think that's going to be the challenge for the Bucks in this one. There's no doubt because you have one Drew Holiday, but there is also a CJ McCollum. And as we mentioned, there's also a Norman Powell now, a Gary Trent Jr. who's been playing sensational basketball. So if there was one prediction I had to make for this game, I don't know who's going to win. But I think it's going to be very high scoring. It, it, that seems like a fair bet to make. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll just say it. The Blazers haven't beat a good team in forever. Um, so according to ESPN, I'm, I'm going to hit you with this. ESPN has the Blazers at 8 and 11 at teams that are 500 or better this season. But for me, I've been tracking this all year long. They have five wins against teams who had a winning record on the night of the game. December 28th against the Lakers, February 4th and 11th against the Sixers, March 3rd against the Warriors, and March 19th against the Dallas Mavericks. They haven't beat any good teams, Kane. The Bucs are a good team. They're going to beat the snot out of the Blazers on Friday. Who, wow. gu- who, guards, who guards Giannis? Yes. Nurk? Nurk? I, so I think, I think the game last year, and I – I didn't travel to Portland last year. I stayed in Milwaukee and I told this story on our show a couple of days ago, but there was a huge snowstorm in Milwaukee. I didn't want to stay in the apartment. So I ended up walking to a bar and there was $1 beers because there was a snowstorm apparently. So I, I, my memory of this game is I, I remember the Bucks won, but let's just say that I took advantage of the deal. But the one thing that I do remember in that game was I believe Bledsoe, Middleton and Giannis had 90 plus points or 100 points between them or something ridiculous like that. And that, that's the big question. That's certainly the big question for Portland. Uh, how do you stop Giannis? I think it's a, I think it's a fair yeah, They're fair gonna give up a million points. They're gonna, like, the Blazers win this game by making enough threes to sort of thwart the Bucks, But the, they, they don't have anyone to guard the best player in the league. <laughs> And then they don't have anyone to guard Chris Middleton. And then they don't have anyone to guard Drew Holiday. So um, it's just, listen, should be a lot of fun. Blazers have proved me wrong a lot of times, but I am not. I have no faith in this team against a very good team in Milwaukee. You got zero faith. Well, I feel like this is some kind of weird um, jinx you're putting on the Bucks for this game, but we will. But I we am. Will. Your <laughs> listeners are going to come for me at Mike G. Rich on Twitter. <laughs> but we will leave it there. Uh, Bucks and Blazers, 9 p.m. Central Time. 
uh, as I mentioned right off the top. Uh, this was super late notice. I emailed you and said, is there any chance we can talk? You said, how about now? Here we are. Mike Richmond, really appreciate it, man. Check him out at Locked On Blazers. Appreciate you having me. All right, guys, this is a big day. I've been telling you about Bill Bar for a long time. You've heard me talk about Bill Bar. You know. It's a low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar that is covered in 100% chocolate. But today's the day. It's now time to find out which Built Bar is the best because Built Bar Madness has reached its climax. We are at the championship matchup. It's coconut brownie chunk versus cookie dough chunk. You guys know I'm a fan of coconut. I voted for coconut brownie chunk. But you can go to builtbar.com or at bar underscore built on Twitter and you can vote to see which will be the best tasting protein bar ever. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. I've mentioned this a few times, but while we're talking about Built Bar Madness, you probably should have been able to bet on this at betonline.ag. That's my opinion because, because betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. NBA is rounding up to the playoffs. College basketball, that's at the end, but the NHL is in full swing and now baseball's back. It's opening day. As I'm recording this right now, the Oakland Athletics, first pitch, five minutes away as I'm recording this. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA draft with Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Joining us now from Locked On Celtics, uh, I, I don't know whether I can say a, a regular guest, but at least once or twice a season this man has been on this show. John Corrales, <laughs> how you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. I'm I'm trying to hop around. I'm trying to <laughs> one one year. I want to do every lockdown podcast. I want to be a guest on every team's podcast somehow. Well, I'm not sure if you remember this, but I was just thinking about this before we jumped on. I think I think the last time we spoke was the locked on Bucks slash Celtics episode that never was, because in the middle of us recording. The, tech, the tweet came through that Rudy Gobert tested positive and we both said, screw it, let's not do this podcast. And I can say that that podcast was going to be terrible anyway because I was completely <laughs> distracted. I was completely distracted with what was going on and talking about the Bucks celtics game that was supposed to happen the next day felt completely inconsequential anyway. Yeah, I remember that. I do remember that because I was like, I got to go. <laughs> I got to write about this. You're right. Um, right. Because, right, because the Celtics, I was at that game in Indy. Yeah. And um, I was flying back to Boston. And on the flight back, I'm, I'm messaging back and forth with my, my editor at the time. And I was like, we should probably consider canceling our, our upcoming road trips. Because that was the first day of the six feet of separation between media and players and, and coaches and all that stuff. And like we were, we were kind of making fun of it. 
Like we had no idea. Like what's six feet going to do? Like, <laughs> and, and then that next day, yeah, we had talked about it because the Celtics flew to Milwaukee and I was back, I was back here in Boston and that tweet came through and was like, Oh, oh. <laughs> and so, yeah, things have been a little bit different since then. They have, and we we did try and do a show last week. That was completely my fault that that didn't happen. But we've played each other. The Bucks and the Celtics have played each other three, three times this season. You guys took the season series 2-1. But, of course, we are here for the big news around the league. <laughs> and that is that the Bucks signing of Jeff Teague is official. Now, I mentioned this to you before we started recording here, but I saw a tweet, which I believe was from Bobby Marks, that listed all the NBA teams and the, the t- franchises that have signed the most buyout guys. And it may be a shock to some of our listeners, but the Bucks were right at the very top. They were equal at the top with four buyout guys. Uh, and Shabazz Muhammad was one of those. Steve Novak was one of those. Marvin Williams last year. Jeff Teague this year. So uh, incredible. The Bucks just continue to scour the buyout market for these big names. But what can you tell us about Jeff Teague? Now, I can safely say that I don't think anyone is thinking this is going to be a huge difference maker. But, but... The Bucs don't have a backup point guard at all. So is there any value in bringing in Jeff Teague here? There might be some. Um, he actually, he struggled horribly to mm-hmm. start the season. And like, there's, it was no doubt that that was a bad, it was a bad signing uh, from the beginning. However, in the past few weeks, uh, Brad Stevens decided that he just needed more guys who can penetrate and get into the paint and, and put some pressure on the defense. And so he played uh, Jeff Teague a bit more and, and Teague actually responded and he wasn't horrible. And so if you want somebody off the bench, that's going to, um, do that that's going to give you dribble penetration uh, and, and knock down a couple of shots then fine but i'll tell you what he he's not going to be a ball mover he's actually he actually holds on to the ball a bit too long and it can be frustrating um he's not seeing the floor i think and processing things quite as quick as he used to because he's old and and that kind of goes away uh it'll be interesting to see how he works with the milwaukee mix versus the boston mix and got to remember that he's coming off the bench for the Boston Celtics, and they don't have a very deep bench. And you, you got some better players over there in Milwaukee, so he might be uh, a little bit more willing to give the ball up to, to some of your guys. So I'm not going to say it's an absolute zero signing, but it's you know he he might give you something. Don't expect much, but he's exactly what you would expect for an aging backup point guard that you get on the buyout market. So I think if you were trying to put a positive spin on this or, or try and find a way or a reason that you think Jeff T can be a positive on this team in the limited role that he's going to have is that I do. And you kind of touched on this. I think back to prior to the season starting and obviously Kemba Walker was out for the Celtics and I was listening to some of these national podcasts and they're saying, ah, oh, well, Jeff T will be able to fill the gap until Kemba Walker comes back. Now, Clearly, that was absurd right from the start, but I do think that, <laughs> that whether or not it was reasonable or whether or not it was fair, uh, Teague, perhaps unfairly, was thrown into a situation that perhaps didn't suit him so well. The interesting thing for the Bucks 
is the fact that I, I looked this up. I believe he scored 15 plus points in four games this season. Two of them came against the Bucks, which you, know, you, can, <laughs> you can make up your own mind if you think that's a coincidence or not. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, this is what teams do, right? You find the, you find <laughs> a guy that tortures you and then you uh, sign him. Uh, yeah, look, I want to be, be fair to Teague because if you look at what the Boston Celtics season is, it's very obviously not going great. And they've had a lot of problems uh, on the Celtics. And Teague, I feel like Teague was a last-minute kind of curve for Danny Ainge because the Celtics were you know, one of the last teams standing in the, in the playoffs last year. And they expected the season to start around January, February. And Kemba Walker was on that plan to come back right about the start of the season. So there was never any concern about that. And then when things changed in a flash, it was basically like, hey, we're starting in December. Okay, here's your offseason. Here's this. Here's that. Danny Ainge was like, oh, crap. I now have a condensed December-January schedule where I need somebody to be a ball handler. And so he gets Jeff Teague. And without any real meaningful training camp and with all of these other issues, like all of a sudden they, they started playing double big and Daniel Tice had, uh, you know, was playing the four and Tristan Thompson had zero training camp because he was his first game with Boston was the season opener. Blah, blah, blah. All of these things happen with Boston. Yeah. And Teague is just in the mix. If the Celtics were better organized, and there was a much more set lineup. And a lot of other things that you get for a, you know, with a team that's actually good. I'm not going to say that Jeff Teague wouldn't have had a better season. So I can't, like, I can tell you what the Boston experience was, and it wasn't great until the last couple of weeks. But that's not to say, like, the, the, the last couple of weeks show that he still has some decent basketball in him. Uh, on a team that's much more organized like Milwaukee with a very clear hierarchy like Milwaukee um, and set lineups, that I think could be a better situation for him. But again, decent. He'll hit, he'll hit a couple of open threes. If, you, if they leave him open, he'll, he'll knock a few of those down. He'll get into the paint. He'll get, he'll get to the line for you a couple of times. And, and, and maybe he'll dish a couple of assists. And that might be all you need. Uh, don't expect much, but it's, it's possible. Um, as much as I told you, I'll, I'd be happy to come onto your podcast and just, <laughs> you know, destroy Jeff Teague. I, I, I'm, I'm telling Bucks fans that th- there, could be, there could be a little bit uh, if, you, if you have the appropriate expectations. Yeah, I think that's that's absolutely fair. And I think everyone understands that situation. Replacing essentially DJ Augustine in the rotation who wasn't having a fantastic season in his own right. But certainly watching the Bucks, you have been able to tell over the last week or so that with the rotation and despite having a number of ball handlers and you expect the rotation is going to tighten up in the playoffs, it does pay to have at least a backup point guard on the roster, which they haven't had for the last week here. Hey, last question I've got for you. And I bring this up purely because I want to bring up this player. We spoke about the fact that when teams burn your team and then uh, the team might be inclined to trade for them, the number one guy that I always think of with the Bucks is Charlie Villanueva, who had 48 points as a rookie 
against Milwaukee and then found his way on the Bucks. And of course, <laughs> that was probably the high point of his career individually. Is, sure, there, is sure. there a guy on the Celtics? Is there, do, is there a situation you recall where they, they traded for a guy or picked up a guy where in your head you're like, eh, I, I don't know if he's that good, but he has been a Celtic oh, to last. Wow. I'm putting you on the spot here, by the way. So there's a Yeah. Story. You know, Doc Rivers was kind of notorious for wanting guys <laughs> like that. Like if you scored if you scored 15 points against Doc Rivers in Boston that he wanted to sign you that next season. And man, I am drawing blanks on the names. I love it though. Oh man, but I I remember distinctly yeah. that there was there was a period of time where the Celtics were just picking up guys cuz this is when the Celtics were good. And so they, they were picking up these buyout guys, these, these kind of players that, you know, the Jeff Teagues of the world. And it was just, let, let's add this guy because he, he had a, a big output uh, against us. I'm, I'm actually now going through Doc Rivers' rosters, that era, <laughs> uh, to try and see who it might have been. This is next-level um, stuff from you, by the way. And I'm glad that you mentioned Jeff Teague. And, of course, we should acknowledge the Budenholzer connection there. And we did make a joke yes. in our locked-on uh, DM there that uh, there, is a, there is a roster spot. And if Bud wants to continue getting the band back together, I don't know what Kyle Korver's up to. I've been seeing him doing some TV. But maybe he wants <laughs> to come back for the playoff run. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just trying. Like, Nate Robinson might have been a guy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Von Wafer, Carlos Arroyo. I think Carlos Arroyo was one of those guys. <laughs> That's that, beautiful. Yeah. But that was it. Uh, Doc had a reputation of doing that. And he still, he still has that reputation. Like anybody, any former, any player that, that he coached against that, that did well against him was immediately a Doc favorite. So. I'll have to go back and check the box scores, but I assume uh, Seth Curry must have had some big games against the Clippers in, in recent years there. That's probably why he's ended up on the Sixers. But anyway. Sure. Sure. This is, I think we've stretched out the Jeff T talk as long as we possibly could. Yeah, probably. <laughs> as usual for me, the listeners know, I always, you know, will fire out a message to people last minute and always appreciate when they got time to do it. So John, uh, like I said, this is a bit better <laughs> circumstances than last year, but I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, it's my pleasure, man. Anytime. Uh, make sure you check out John over at Locked On Celtics. And of course, we had a year off, so who knows? Maybe the Bucks and the Celtics are due to go at it again in the postseason. We'll see, what's, uh, see what happens there as, as the run to the playoff heats up. All right, I'm going to wrap it up here with a DM that I got on Twitter. And you guys know you can always get me at Kane Pittman, but I love this story. So a couple of days ago, you may have heard me talk or mention energy and efforts and the fact that anytime I hear those two words, I immediately think about Jason Kidd and I think about those or that version of the Milwaukee Bucks from going back a few years ago. So I get a DM from Twitter account at Euro underscore step 34. So I'm going to read this out because it's a pretty cool story. It says, Kane, I'm a huge fan of the podcast. Listen every day. You talk about hashtag energy and effort in all walks of life earlier this week inspired me to share this story. I got married a couple of years ago on New Year's Eve and my good friend Alan, who turned me into a Bucks fan in 2006, that's, that's around the Andrew Bogut time, by the way. That's me adding that to the story. I'm going to continue. Alan is also an everyday listener of the podcast, so shout out to you guys. Gave a toast at the wedding. 
We watched nearly every Bucks game together from 2006 through 2013 and have been to a number of memorable games together. Instead of talking about any of the fond Bucks memories we have together or the team's recent success or even Giannis, Alan chose to talk about Jason Kidd. After saying many nice things about my wife, Sarah, and me, Alan delivered this speech. This is the speech right now. I'm going to leave you with a few anecdotes. Alex is a big Milwaukee Bucks fan. Jason Kidd, former coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, used to preach that success comes down to energy and effort. Now, that may not have translated in the NBA, but in marriage, it certainly plays a big part. Energy, you need to always find it in you to go above and beyond for your partner. Effort, it's not just a one-time thing. It needs to be consistent. Marriage and love are not only a one-day commitment. They take work, they take responsibility, they take caring and devotion. All these things need to be present to make it work. I've seen the energy and effort you both put into not only yourselves, but each other, along with your dogs, Echo and Luna. I have no doubt that this energy and effort will never waver, will ever waver. I could not, and this is back to Alex now, I could not stop laughing and crying, crying throughout this section of the toast. Only four people at the wedding had any idea what Alan was talking about. Alan, me, and our other Bucks friend, Kurt and Sarah. I appreciated and enjoyed Alan's energy and effort to honor my Bucks fandom in his toast so much that I wanted more people to hear his words. And I thought you and Frank and the Lockdown family would appreciate them. I, I, if I would have known Jason Kidd's tenure with the Bucks would inspire Alan to share such kind words, I would not have complained about Jason Nelly as much. That comes from Alex Zali. So uh, just a really cool DM. And it, it's funny because I'm, that is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. I think all Bucks fans and people that have watched those teams that got so damn frustrated with Jason Kidd and those words that he would consistently use, um, it has become kind of a catch cry for every other aspect of your life. And when you hear it in any sport, in, at work, whatever it may be, it does make you think about that. So that was a really cool story. And I appreciated Alex sending that through to me. So uh, I wanted to uh, leave the show on that note. But uh, back to back over the weekend, Blazers on Friday night, Sacramento on Saturday night. I will be back uh, next week. Work commitments, there, there won't be a post-game pod over the weekend, but we'll wrap them both up. Uh, at the end of the Kings game or towards the back end of the weekend. So don't miss that. Hopefully uh, you've got some enjoyment tonight from talking Drew and Dame with Mike and then, of course, Jeff Teague with John as well. But for now, I'll leave it there and I'll catch all you guys next week. Have you guys heard about Sport Trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. Uh, this is amazing because Sport Trade takes fantasy to the next level their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players, just like real stocks. A fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports. Making money with sport trade is simple as player values rise and fall based on two factors. One, the statistical performance in each game compared to their projected fantasy points in that game. The more points scored, the higher their value goes. Two, good old supply and demand, baby. The more demand the player has, the higher their value goes. When you're ready to buy shares, pick that penny stock in a rookie with huge upside or grab the blue chip vet who's always a solid performer. Simply go to sporttrade.com, watch the How It Works video, and then sign up to get started. Sign up today at sporttrade.com. That's S-P-O-R-T-T-R-A-D-E.com and discover the fun and exciting and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly evolution of fantasy sports. You'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sporttrade.com.